Blog Talk Radio. Edition of the Pajama Party. I'm one of hosts, uh, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Ooh, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Ooh, how you doing tonight, Kettle? Not too bad. How about yourself? What's going on with you, Papa and Red Wine? Everything's cool on this end. I am fantastic. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for asking. The aroma of brown liquor is in the air. And, uh, I'm red wine. I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to pour it into some glade dispensers and plug it in. Uh-oh. See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Yep. Okay. Give those people any ideas? Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm sipping light. I'm sipping on some Mike's Blackberry Pear and uh, orange, mm. um, <laughs> oh, wait a minute now. That just went from light to not so light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mixed it up a little bit. All right, there you go. Okay, now, okay. All right, well, uh, Papa Didi, what's the chatter? That's the new name for it? I don't know. That's the name tonight. What's the chatter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what's the chatter? Well, let's see. Chit-chit-chatter. The chatter is, uh... Ooh, that's loud. My bad. <laughs> Do you have a store or restaurant that you just don't mess with no more? Based on, you know, bad food, bad service? It ain't got to really be nothing major, but just something that you just ride by because you done gave them two or three chances. And mm. every time you go there, the food is just not, you know. Oh, How much time do you have? I got a list. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Now, I don't mean stretching out of town, just something in your area That's what that I'm you know about. or that you, you go by and you look at that place and say, oh, no, I ain't stopping there. Mm-hmm. They just like uh, like when Sylvester said birds are off my list. Then uh. you got tired of chasing Tweety Bird. Mm. Birds are off my list. <laughs> well, I will say I'm not going to call them out by name because I do not want to inadvertently advertise for them. But I will say there is a place that I used to enjoy going, but it's just gotten really grungy over time and I just cannot enjoy it anymore you know and I kept giving it chances way more than three what are they some margaritas <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's 
<laughs> okay, fine. Put me on blast for yes. Yeah. Mm, they sell mm, mm, margaritas mm. and other Tex-Mex uh, foods. Mm-hmm. The food was pretty decent, but the the atmosphere and the, the, smell, the place. The smell. You must have been there. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, you know, I'm just at the point now where I'm like, you know what? I have given you all enough opportunity and enough of my money. I'm done. And that's just one that's on my list. But I'll turn the mic over to somebody else. So you're punking out. Hmm. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to say that. No. Did you worry about going to court or something? No, I'm not trying to advertise for them. Well, you can at least warn the people. Hey, different strokes for different folks. Some people like grunge. What does it begin with? <laughs> it begins with an R for restaurant. <laughs> I'm leaving oh, it there. Oh boy. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Who's on your list, Cattle? Oh boy. That's a, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure. Um, I guess I'm trying to eat a little differently. So those places I used to go to, I'm not going. I'm trying not to go back to. I'm trying to save way for fried food. I would say um, it's a chicken place. <laughs> And okay. it seems like the re- the recipe is not the same as it used to be. And uh, it seems like the chicken is more crunchier, um, you know, as far as food-wise. And as far as the, the place, I really don't eat in there. I take out. So um, that's kind of changed for me. But, but I can say the biscuits haven't changed. That's all I can tell you. Biscuits have, and the red beans and rice. So, hey. Uh. Those are, those are my two favorites, but the chicken it has truly changed, yeah. So okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, who's on your list, Papa Didi? That's crazy because mm-hmm. you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh oh. Matter of fact, I I went to this place today, uh-huh. and I thought that the the last bad experience I had, last time I went there, I I got the meal and I took it to work. You know, I was working nights at the time. And, you know, when you take your meal, when you take something to eat at night, that's your meal for the night. Mm-hmm. I got there, and that food sucked through and through, mm-hmm. through and through, the whole whole ball of wax. but nothing there good. And I just happened wow. to stop in there again. Now, this is a place, again, that serves, like you said, red beans and rice, biscuits and Y'all fill in the blanks with everything else. And sometimes they advertise the surf and turf, and they got nuggets and, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I go there today. This reason why this subject's on my mind. And I pull off. First of all, the lady didn't give me a spoon for my red beans and rice. I'm looking in the bag. Thank goodness looking in the bag if I pull off the drive through because I would have been eating that, that stuff with a straw or something, my fingers <laughs> or something. Because where I was going, there was no other facilities. I was going somewhere to wait a while. I wanted to eat while I I waited. I looked in the back. I said, damn, there's no spoon in here. How does this woman actually expect me to eat these red beans and rice? So I asked her for that. And she handed me like she's doing me a favor. I'm like, shit, would you expect me to stick a straw in this shit? Anyway. But anyway, uh, when I got there, I was going, I got the thing called a surf and turf. The chicken looked like some type of like a claw at the end of it. I don't know what that's about. But I couldn't even tear the tender. That's how tough it was. 
and then the little shrimp things were fried so hard it just it wasn't even edible it was like five or six of these hard little pieces that was stuck together oh god and i was like are you kidding me it was a mess and you know this place is off of 202 mm. and it's in the uh Oh, you're going to give him the details. Hell yeah. <laughs> Off of 202, not far from uh, FedEx Field. There's a little shopping center right near there. And I'll tell you what. Like I said, the red beans and rice, it's not it's not Brutus and it's not olive oil. So you pick out what name is left in that cartoon and you'll get the <laughs> restaurant. Okay. Like I said, not Brutus and not olive oil. Okay. Off of 202 near FedEx Field. That food sucks. Last time I went there to take something for lunch at night, sucked again. I said, who the hell is cooking in this restaurant? Because I hadn't been there since I had a last failure. And almost two years later, that food is still horrible in that store. Oh, man. It's hard. Hard to find good stuff. Well, they they have a consistent failure in there. Okay. Anyway, but that's really happening a lot, you know, today. You notice when you go to restaurants or things like that, you know, nothing is really filling anymore. You know, it's everything is just so different. Like you said, uh, Kettle, everything's different. Yeah. Tasting like, what the hell? Well, who the hell? What the hell? So, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. I guess we can leave that alone. I, I wanna <laughs> I just wanna but I wanna add one more about customer service or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed more recently than I used to notice that I've gone into stores like not food places but a store, retail store. You walk in and there's barely anybody in there. I know the people working there see me because, like I said, there's not that many customers in there. I've walked in the store, and they look up, see me, and continue on doing whatever it is they're doing. Oh, yeah, I get that a lot. But then somebody else will walk in, and it doesn't have to be someone that doesn't look like me. It could just be someone else. Walks in, and they go, hi, welcome to such and such store. And I'm like, yo, did you not see me? Why did I not get the greeting? And I've seen this happen now, like, almost repetitively. And I don't understand what that's about. I just feel like if you're going to greet people when they come in, greet everybody. Otherwise, don't greet anybody. But don't pick and choose who you're going to greet. Yeah, sometimes you I'm don't like, have. like, what, do I look like somebody that's not going to buy something? Sometimes you don't, don't have that, that proper look that they're looking for or the look of the, the, the look of the ass that they would kiss. You know, you don't, you know, you don't qualify for Apparently that. not. I'm yeah. like, well, what I got to do? Come in here wearing a fur and some jewelry and whatnot before I get some kind well, of Well, I noticed a gentleman, too, since you're on the subject for a minute. I noticed a gentleman, too, that has that morning show on uh, Sirius XM. He's a little judgmental. I mean, he's a good, he's a good commentator. You know, he has a show, teaches mm-hmm. you a lot. He's really animate about his show and everything. But I noticed that when white folks call there, he gives them more time. Ah. And he, you know, he talks to them like, you know, 
But then when the average person calls, especially somebody he deemed not intelligent by their language or their, you know, some people just have a dialogue about their conversation mm -hmm. that sounds like they're less intelligent. But it just may have to do with their accent and things like that, their age. But this this talk show guy, he's he's very judgmental about he, you know, he thinks he's running a tight ship, but he's very and white folks are coming here with a subject. And he wants to patronize them, so he keeps them on the line forever. And I'm like, wait a minute, you just played the brother off a little while ago. Like I said, he'll remain nameless, but uh, he has a very yeah. prominent show in the morning. It's some wild stuff. You know, on Urban View, and he really needs to check himself sometime. I'm not going to say his name. I, I'm, I just getting to the point, I'm getting to the point, like that scene in Pretty Woman, when the ladies wouldn't wait on her. And she said, I got money. And they told her, there's nothing here for you. And then when she got dressed up, she came back and said, yeah, remember me? I was in here the other day. And they were like, oh, and she said, you made a big mistake, huge. Mm -hmm. And then she left. Mm -hmm. I'm about ready to do that to these stores. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was in here yesterday. You ignored me. Okay. Yeah, well, I was going to buy the whole store, but now y'all can kiss it. Oh, wow. Anyway, mm -hmm. all right. I'm down. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mm. On to the rundown. Run it down, Carol. Okay. Run it down. What's okay. going on? That was inter that was an interesting topic, Papa. Thanks for that. All right. <clears throat> well, if you guys got any uh, questions or comments, uh, want to join the conversation, hit us up tonight. Nine one four eight zero three forty three zero six. And press one. Yes. All right. Um. In focus, we're going to be talking about Baltimore mayor criticized for increasing police budget. Also, Central Michigan University accused of racial discrimination. Here we go again. And also, HUD secretary says punishment coming for racially biased appraisals. A cocktail of the week. I got a good one tonight for you. What's popping with Papa Didi? Uh, weird news. Uh, we're going to talk about Jim Carrey reacts to bonkers theory. Also, dozens of creepy dolls found on Gulf Coast beaches. And also, a woman is rescued after falling into an outhouse, an outhouse toilet. Okay. Yeah. Also, I'm just saying with red wine, now you want Juneteenth. Living for the city with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up. The kissing list and the last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, and we'll be back with In Focus. Hey, this is Kettle with the Yellow Top. I'm waiting to hear from you tonight. I'm at the Pajama Party Live. So you can reach us at 914-803-4306. Or you can check us out on apajamaparty.com. I've got my opinions, but I want to hear yours. Papa Didi and Red Wine are trying to beat me down, so I need you to call back and back me up. I know you're out there. I can hear you breathing. So call me now, 914-803-4306. I'm right here on WPJP Blog Talk Radio, waiting to hear from you. Uh, 
All right, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of those Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, it's time to go in focus. Ooh, what you got for us, Kettle? Um, right here, not too far. I guess DMV area. Um, the Baltimore mayor is criticized for increasing police budget. Interesting. Um, some Baltimore residents aren't happy that Mayor Brandon Scott is again proposing a budget that would raise, not lower funding for the city's police department. I mean, they need help as well. I, I guess it, it goes. It stems back from the um, Black Lives Matter movement and all that. I guess. So Scott was elected in 2019 during the height of the protest movement against the police violence, in part on campaign pledges to fix police departments implicated in several scandals. Baltimore was a uh, scene of protest and a police response, which turned um, violent after the police officers killed pedestrian Freddie Gray back in 2015. Wow, that's been some time ago. Um, and corruption in the city's police uh, force have been chronic uh, in the um, popular culture of the 90s HBO series, The Corner and The Wire as well. So when budgeting time rolled around, many residents expected Scott to keep his word on police reform by using dollars that would have typically um, gone to the um, troubled department and instead invest in services um, to address the root causes of the city's problems and the violence and addiction, you know, big addiction and violence in, in that area of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, the Baltimore Sun reports that uh, hasn't happened and some voters um, showed up to a public forum this week to say they are happy. Uh, this is a $4 billion budget proposal released earlier this month would increase the police department's budget by $5 million for a total of $560 million uh, for the next fiscal year. Um, it's the second year that uh, Mayor Scott has proposed this increase. Um, so Scott campaigned on a promise to reform police spending and lead the charge of city council uh, president in 2020, but to cut $22 million from then-Mayor uh, Bernard Jack's proposed budget. Um, my thing on this, I mean, I would increase, the, increase the, the money for the police department. If you're having so many issues, I mean, I, I think it maybe should be divided then. Um, some to the police department and some, you know, dealing with what's going on in the city, the addiction um, issues and some of the violence. Um, yeah. It's not always, to me, it's not always getting more police officers, so I guess we can keep, keep quote-unquote, everybody in line. That's not always the solution to me. Um, but uh, maybe spend it three ways, you know, so... I don't know. That's my take on it. How you feel about it? Well, I think part of the problem was that it was a campaign promise. You know, he ran on that campaign promise that he was going to make all these changes. He was going to cut, you know, the money that the police department had uh, Mm -hmm. in to basically the Black Lives Matter. So Mm -hmm. how are you now? funneling more money to the police when they still have been having issues, you know, with the way that people are arrested or, you know, 
vi- uh, you know, abusing people as you arrest them, beating up people mm-hmm. unnecessarily, people getting shot and killed by the cops. Why? Why do they need additional money? And aside from the why, is the fact that he made that campaign promise. Mm-hmm. So unless he's trying to be a one-term mayor, which sounds like that's what he's on his way to. Mm-hmm. And that brother's young, isn't he? That mayor of Baltimore, isn't he young? Very young. He's like, what, 20-something, 20 26, 27, something like that? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, he's young. Oh, wow. Might be early thirty, but he hmm. looks very young. Oh, I thought he was in his like late twenties, but all I'm saying is that if you run for an office and you put a promise out and tell people, "Vote for me, and I will do thus and so," you free. then you need to honor that. Otherwise, you're full of crap, and you just lie mm-hmm. to your. And that's not right. Mm-hmm. He's thirty-eight. He's 38? Yeah, he's a young brother. Oh, I thought he was in his late 20s. He looks 18, though. He looks very young. He does. He just had a birthday, April the 8th. He's 38, born 1984. Okay, I guess I read that wrong when I read about him. I thought he was like 28. <laughs> yeah, he looks very young. Um, okay. Yeah, he does for the age, yeah. But, um, well, wow. I think I... Um, recently went to a very prominent uh, funeral of a person that got shot. Um, really, it was it was such a mindless killing of a gentleman. He was a railroad gentleman, as a matter of fact. And um, he had connections to the police department. Dude, I'm not going to tell his story on the radio. It's very disrespectful. But anyway, the mayor was at the funeral, and it was a host of police at the funeral, and not to mention uh, state congress people and, and actually mm-hmm. a congressperson representing uh, the state of Maryland was at this same funeral. And from what I saw, the way he was all chummed up with the police department at this funeral, I, I knew that for the, no matter what promise he made, he was just very close to the police department. I mean, really personally wow. close. But what I saw just as observation at the funeral. So I'm not surprised to hear that he's, you know, now more more close to them because he probably got closer to them as he spent more time as a mayor and worked with them every day because that's a very black community, you know. I mean, they definitely have some white constituents on the police department and everything like that, but that police department is very black. I'm even talking about the upper brass is black. You know, it's a very, very, very black community. So, so I'm not surprised that he's, uh, you know, has sided with the police like that. Well, what happened to word is bond? You put your word out there and well, tell you, people. Before you get elected, you know, you're an individual. But once you get elected, you get invited to parties and there's all kinds of, um, what do you call them, people in um, D.C. to go around the... Oh, lobbyists? Lobbyists and everything, and everybody Uh shaking hands and handing out champagne at parties, and, you know, you know how that goes. Mm -hmm. Next you know, you're you're all in, you're in like Flynn. That ain't right. So, Mm. that ain't right, but it kind of comes with the territory when everybody's kicking that door around, everybody's driving Mercedes-Benz and Lexuses, and, you know, 
Yeah. Money talks. The yes walks, as they say. Yeah, it's, it's, yes, I'm not surprised that he's chummed up with the police. Because he may be walking soon. <laughs> I, oh, I just feel boy. like, you know, when you lie to people, people will call you out on it. And they're not going to vote for him again because they'll say, why vote for him again? He lied to us before. Fool me once, right. you know. Right. <laughs> Fool me twice. <laughs> that There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think they should. He should try to appease them in, in some form if he wants to get reelected. I mean, some of it can go to the police department, not all the money. You know, try to make some room for other things like to deal with the violence and to deal with um, whatever else is going on in that city. Uh, they just really have, to me, have not recovered since Freddie Gray. I mean, it, it was always yeah. a broken city to a degree, but. When the Freddie Gray incident happened, it, it, it really broke them. So it's like, you know, it's gonna take some time to to um to get back to you know where they should be. So, yeah, I mean, I understand yeah. it takes time, but he needs to you know do something with that money, like you said you would. Don't put all that money into the police department if you promised some of that money to go towards some community programs or, you know, addiction programs or whatever it is you mm-hmm. promise. You gotta right. honor your work. Uh true. I agree with that. Yeah. Yep, so we'll see. It'll be interesting. We're gonna continue to, to follow the story and see what's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh well. All right. Over to you, Papa Didi. What you got for us? I got um this uh, Central Michigan University school itself is accused of racial discrimination. Uh, this starts off with the uh, U.S. Just, U.S. Department of Education Office of Civil Rights and uh, investigative racial discrimination claims against Central Michigan University. And it sounds like it's a you know small black college because you have. Michigan State, and you got Michigan University, and this is called Central Michigan, so they're not even in the running with them. But they're big neighbors. Mm-hmm. So the claim comes after the school uh, severed the uh, men's track and field program in May of 2020. I guess everything slowed down because that's right in the middle of the pandemic right there. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. according to the Detroit Free Press, Bob Davies, president of the university, he uh, – denied all the allegations during a press conference, but assured the university is complying with the investigation. Okay. Now, uh, Russell Dinkins, uh, no relation to uh, Mayor Dinkins of New York, he uh, made a racial discrimination complaint Uh as executive director of of the Tracksmith Foundation. Dinkins works to reinstate, works to reinstate the track program has been cut in colleges and universities across the country. So he's representing this track thing. But here's a kicker now. He said the cut in the track and field program left the university one sport short of the minimum to have a Division One football um, sub- subdivision. So, you know, that's what you want. You want a Division One team because a lot of these scouts and stuff don't come out to these really small teams like that, even though you're good. I mean, you're real good, they're going to come out. But if you're mediocre, they're not going to take that trip because only because they want to stay in the big markets 
And sometimes if they go to a smaller college, they got to go to the main area. They need to drive or run a car. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of going to Michigan, they got to go down to a little town buried in Michigan, and the flight will only take you to, you know, like Detroit. Now you got to drive 60 miles to some And they're probably not going to make the effort if they don't no, know they're not. for sure, you know, who's there or why. Yeah, definitely. So, anyway, that's uh, the situation with that there. So, uh, in any event, what they did was they tried to, instead of bringing track and field back, they brought back a golf. Division. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to replace track and field with golf? They track, they're track. they replacing track and field with golf, which now they're saying that's discriminative because now that's a sport that the white folks uh, gyrate to. And as you wow. know, too, let me tell you something. You may have HBCU colleges out there, but you still have Caucasian participants in certain sports. If that sport's available at that HBCU, you know, because if you look at Howard University, they have a, a, a quite a few white baseball players, golfers, you know, any sport that white folks are, you know, more prone to doing or playing, they'll they'll get their scholarship and go there, you know, because a lot of blacks probably wouldn't even participate in that particular sport, whether it be lacrosse or golf or even tennis for that matter. Because some families, boy, they want a, they want a scholarship anyway. They can get it. You know, they'll sit on that team like a petunia and onion patch. You know, they'll be the only person in there. It's only white spot on that team, but they going for free. So don't think well, these I think these, you know, these kids and well, not kids, young people in college, they gravitate towards sports that they have a natural ability for. Right. You know, and when it comes to scholarships and stuff. And if there's vacancies on these HBCU teams because mm-hmm. blacks ain't participating in golf or tennis, or then the white folks are going to go to that college, that particular college. They don't care if it's blacker than black, black, black. Wow. You know, they're going to be on that team. So anyway, so they're working with the litigation of that, trying to get things back in order with the whole track thing, you know, but, uh, We'll see what happens. We'll follow up on that story and see what happens. That's with interesting. That. So they say golf. Yeah, they didn't want to bring, to bring back the track and field. They want to bring back golf. I guess they're trying to raise their prestige or whatever. Who knows? You know. So were they saying it was a financial decision? Oh, uh, yeah, pretty much, because they said track and field costs too much. So they throw golf in there. But, you know, it just seems sometimes that, you know, black folks love patronizing white folks. I don't know what it is about that, but that's just a thing. They just, you know, love kissing white ass. I just don't get it. But uh, I'm just trying to understand how does track and field cost so much? Well, because you travel to different meets and a lot, there's a lot more involved. Because when you got a track and field, you got a track and field team. You got the pole vault. You know, you got the all this stuff. The uh, you name it, okay. the high jump. Yeah, I was just thinking of to have it at the school. But you're saying when they, oh, they come travel. against they travel, places yeah. and and you need all the equipment, all the stuff you need to, you name it, track suits and shoes, sneakers and everything. There's a lot involved, you know. There's a huge. But budget. golf has equipment too. Those golf clubs are very expensive. Yeah, but uh, from what I've been mm-hmm. told. So who's accusing um, Michigan University of being discriminatory? 
the students or something? Black students? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy, Russell Dinkins, he, he's an oh, advocate okay. that, to keep things in perspective in the schools, and he realized they dropped theirs. They dropped it first because of the COVID situation, but then they were slow bringing it back, but they opened up this whole new golf uh, division. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, well, maybe mm-hmm. you didn't bring it back track and field. But now we got, you know, six white boys mm-hmm. on campus. Yeah. Oh, so. I smell a rat. Anyway. I smell a rat. <laughs> I agree, yeah. You know, you, I hate to say it, but you don't want to make it a black and white thing all the time. But, you know, it's... It seems like it gets to that point, and um, just you, you got to pull that black card sometimes. <laughs> I mean, if that's what it is, you got to call it for what it is. Yeah. And, and oh, stay the Well, speaking of rats, I got one for you. Uh, Secretary Marsha Fudge from the um, Housing and Urban Development, um, you know, of the government department, rather, of Housing and Urban Development. She's the secretary who happens to be a black woman, she recently uh, released uh, the equity action plan saying that basically she's going to deal with this racial discrimination in housing. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen them, but there have been quite a quite a bit of reporting about black people having their houses uh, appraised for less money than white people in the same neighborhood, same basic things in the house, you know, everything else being equal, only difference is the occupants or the owners were black versus owners that were white, but white people's homes are being appraised at higher values for no other reason that, you know, you can really put your finger on. So it's now come to the attention of the Department of Housing and Urban Development and now they are, uh, the president, Biden, has put together um, some money to look into it, and he's got like $86 million in grants earmarked to prevent and redress housing discrimination. Now, I'm not clear on how they're going to use this $86 million, but the money has been set aside for this purpose. So it says that the funds are going to support state and local fair housing enforcement organizations, uh, bolster education and outreach and training, and you know that you know it's like it sounds good on paper, but is this really going to solve the problem? Because the problem is not so much the process; it's the people that are conducting the appraisals. That's where the problem is. Appraisers are going to these homes or they're appraising them based on, you know, what's on paper, and then once they determine who the occupants are, then they might make some changes to their appraised value. So to me, all of this other stuff, you know, outreach and all that, I don't know if that's going to really help the situation. Either they need to get rid of the appraisers that are doing this, that are discriminating, or he did mention some training in it. You bring in a fresh crop of appraisers who can be trained correctly, and hopefully they don't already have a racial bias, and they'll do their daggone job because that's the problem. And people have tested the theory by taking out all personal effects like family photos, things like that, have the house empty, have an appraiser come in, 
and you see what the value is. Then they have another appraiser come in when family photos are there, and the appraiser can see, oh, this is a black family, and somehow the appraisal comes in like it could be anywhere from ten to $30,000 less. So, like I said, I think this is just a matter of people's personal bias. So, to me, you need to get rid of where the problem is. I don't know if putting $86 million earmarked money is going to solve it, but, you know, it's another one of those efforts that the White House is, you know, they're trying to do what they think is a way to remedy the problem. Um, now, the Secretary, uh, Marsha Fudge, was also involved in the Crown Act. You you all remember that, the Crown Act that had to do with women having, mm-hmm. well, black women having the right to wear mm-hmm. their hair however they dare right. or feel like so she was involved with that, and the person who also was involved with that, um, Adoja, wait a minute, let me get the name right, Adjoa Asamoah, to be the has been tapped to be the senior advisor for racial equity to Secretary Fudge. So hopefully between the two of them, you know, they can make some things happen, straighten some stuff out, but. You know, she's saying that there's going to be some uh, repercussions, basically, when they get to the root of all this, uh, that there will be some punishment to go along with it. So, you know, they're telling homeowners you can go back to your lender, request another appraisal, that you have the right to do that if you feel like you were discriminated against in the original appraisal that you got. And see, people need to understand that this is messing with your money for real, for real. Because when you're trying to sell your house or you're trying to refinance your house, more so refinancing, the bank is looking at how much is your house worth to determine how much to loan you and what kind of interest rate to charge you. So if somebody undercuts the value of your house, that's going to hurt the homeowner. And that's not fair. If you're just doing that based on the fact that they're not white, that's some bull crap. So that's what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. I, well, here, well, here again are the disparities as far as um, money, you know, disparities between black and white. And that's exactly. how we continue to stay divided. And that's the sad thing, you know. It's just, mm-hmm. it's quote, unquote, they He's doing it to us. Yeah. I was reading something about the, I'd have to look it up to get the year, but the Homestead Act back in like 1800-something, in the 1800s, the Homestead Act uh, gave all of these white people land that was taken from the Native Americans and just gave it to them. You know, they were given land, I guess, around the time when, you know, not long after they came to America, uh, Mm -hmm. this particular Homestead Act just gave them land grant. I mean, acres and acres of land just given to them. And, you know, once you have that kind of land, that's that's like cash in your pocket that you can pass Mm -hmm. down generation after generation, et cetera. And black people didn't get that. 
there was no Homestead Act at that time that included black people. So mm-hmm. white people got an advantage, like, from day one to have all this property given to them. Now, black people have been trying to catch up since then, you know, just to hold on to what they can finally afford to buy. And then you got this kind of crap going on that says, I'm not going to allow you to get the full value of what your property is worth. You know, it's like, come on, people. How much do y'all really need? You want it all? Mm-hmm. Whew, okay. Yeah. Um, and how does it come? Yeah, I was going to tell you, the Homestead Act is back in 1862. President Abraham Lincoln signed this. Uh, matter of fact, anniversary is coming up May 20th, 1862. Um, it's accelerated settlement of U.S. Western t- territory by allowing any American, including free slaves, to put in a claim for up to 163 acres of federal land. So anybody could apply. It wasn't just white only. Oh yeah, you could apply. You could apply, but how many how many free black men got it? Got any land? Yeah, that would be my question. question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can put stuff out there and say, yes, open to everybody. Put your application Mm -hmm. in. We're gonna review them all. Yeah, how many black Mm -hmm. men got land? Look, this is probably when when the uh, application, as far as um, who you are. Might have started. You know, you have to check if you're black or you're free slave or whatever. You know, and and I think that's where a lot of disparities come into play. That when you're on an application, you have to put black, white, other, um, Pacifica, whatever they call, or whatever. Or put other. I'm going to start checking other. Shit, you don't know know who I am. (laughs) Yeah. And if you have not been educated, then you will not be able to complete an application because you don't understand it. If you're illiterate and you cannot read, then all of that means nothing. But back then, they wasn't giving mm-hmm. nothing to black people. Yeah, that's so what, what I'm saying. A, you can say on paper a, that it's available choice of the matter. to everybody, but how many of mm-hmm. everybody actually benefited? We know who mm-hmm. ended up with the land, and it wasn't right. us. Right. That's why um, hey, Spike Lee always back to 48 first, yeah. meal. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. Interesting stuff. Well, if you guys got any questions or comments, hit us up tonight. 914 803 4306. Press 1. Press 1. Get in the queue. Yeah, press 1. All right. Yeah, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then we're coming back with Kettle and the Cocktail of the Week on the Pajama Party Show, because that's how we roll. Be right back. It's Friday night, and you're listening to the Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentary, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com, check out the cocktail of the week, 
get your glass, and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew, doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good. Hi, welcome back to the John Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa D. I'm here with Kevin. Hello. I'm Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. And it's time for Kettle and the cocktail of the week. Week, week. <laughs> what you got for us, Kettle? Oh, okay. Something new and fresh. This is for the spring. It's called the Honey Do Me Daiquiri. This Honey Do Me Daiquiri gets its light green hue from fresh honeydew melons. Um, that's how it got its name, of course. The honeydew mead actually is ideal for spring and summer, um, for St. Patty's Day, Mardi Gras, or even Easter. All right. Our ingredients are two ounces of shell back silver rum. I'll tell you about that in a minute. One cup of fresh honeydew melon, um, cut small chunks. One ounce of fresh lime juice. One and three-fourth ounces of cream of coconut. And one cup of crushed ice. Also, you have to have your honeydew slices for garnish. So we're going to place all these ingredients except the garnish into a blender. Blend all um, at high speed for about 30 to 60 seconds. Um, Pour into a large goblet or decorative glass. And garnish with um, the skewed honeydew slices. So I'm going to tell you about the shellback rum. Um, the shellback silver is a bright, clean tasting rum for any occasion. It has floral notes, and it has um, suggestions of vanilla and tropical fruit. So it provides a smooth, sweet taste that is right for sipping or mixing in a cocktail. So that's called the shellback Caribbean rum. First time I've heard of that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sounds very tropical. Yeah, it, is. it looks pretty good, too. Well, the honey do me daiquiri. Okay. Honey do mm. me. Okay. Mm. Sounds kind of racy. The honey oh. do me daiquiri. Okay, now. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Kel. That's the cocktail of the mm-hmm. week uh, brought to you mm-hmm. by com. And now we're going down to... Papa Didi, and what's popping? What's popping, Papa Didi? Well, I'll tell you what. Y'all were talking about something else with, with big money and whatever, but um, what I can't get my head around, and I mean it, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be sympathetic. I'm trying to show some type of empathy and sympathy for the situation over in Ukraine. But you know, when Biden's talking about getting like $88 million okayed for just defense and all this stuff here, I'm trying to figure out, like, what, what are we doing exactly? We just got out of Afghanistan spending a bunch of money. We was in Iraq spending a bunch of money. And now here comes another president doing the same damn thing. They're trying to okay another $88 billion with a B. To to send over there for this and this and this and that, 
and 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 Russia's sitting back laughing at us because we just pissing away money at a country that he's just shooting at with airplanes, like taking pop shots at. You know, I mean, when are the people just going to give up that country and just uh, just go somewhere else? They better off going somewhere else, and America take care of them on some other land. As opposed to you fighting for a place now that the Russians done shot up like Swiss cheese. Unlivable, unhabitable, and I don't get it. I don't I don't I'm trying to figure out what what's the end game on all that. When we can't spend money on uh, infrastructure or they didn't even pass an infrastructure bill. But you passing the eighty eight billion dollar you know, financial push to give to over there. And, man, we got poverty in Baltimore and North Philly and everywhere else. Southeast D.C., the whole nine. So I just don't understand why all this money is going over to Ukraine. I can see on TV what they're doing with this and that and all that jazz, but sometimes we need to let people fight their own battles like we do in the Middle East. We ain't go over there protecting the Middle East. You know, we're not expect we're not helping the uh where you have the problem with the uh Israelis and the uh Palestinians. You ain't giving any billion dollars to the Palestinians. I mean it's, it's getting out of hand. I mean, you know, it's we're at the point now where we just piss the money away. And there's nothing going on in our country where we're getting a dime anything. Well, we just read a story where they can't even hold on to a track and field team at a college to talk about money, you know, and, and now we just send the money to Ukraine like it's just going out of style. $88 billion, please. I'll leave it alone, but uh, I just think that uh, what, what Biden's doing, I appreciate his, his heart and his emotions toward that, but we need to get that money to them in another way instead of spending it on a country that's already bombed up and all out of out of whack, you know. That's a good point. Just like Bush was trying to refill our rock. See how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're trying to build that um, I believe it's thirty three billion, Papa. Thirty three, eighty eight. I thought it was I thought I saw eighty eight. No, thirty three. Okay, well, thirty three billion. Billions it's still of dollars. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It is, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't but if Congress approves it, mm-hmm. the Congress keeps no, they haven't approved it yet. Well, I'm saying in the past they've approved, you know, different amounts that he's asked for for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so think now he's asking much. them to approve this one. Yeah, I think it's a bit much right now, and I don't think they're going to approve it. Yeah. Interesting to see. I'll continue to follow is this. There, is there? But let me ask you a question. Is there really a difference between $33 million and $88 billion? No, That's still a lot of billions. It's a lot of billions that can be going to these neighborhoods and yeah. fixing up all these hood rat neighborhoods we got around here in the world. They don't want to do that. That's one thing they're not going to do. They're going to keep us down. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah, but keep sending it over to Ukraine ain't doing us a bit of good either. But I ain't being non-sympathetic, but... Uh, why? Right. No, but it's just not mm-hmm. making sense. Right. Every president do it. They all got their one little area where it is. It's a big old slush fund of money. Yeah, throw some money at it. 
All right. You ready mm-hmm. to lighten it up? Or did I say Yes, something? we need to. Oh, no, okay. we're ready. We're ready to lighten it up. Okay. I thought I'd jump ahead like I tend to do. All right. Well, I'm ready. i got a weird news one for you. This one uh, is about how Jim Carrey, you know Jim Carrey, the actor, how he reacted to a bonkers theory that's been circulating, at least by some people. So according to a recent conspiracy theory, Jim Carrey doesn't just play President Joe Biden on Saturday Night Live. The Sonic the Hedgehog 2 star has report, I mean, has responded to a bizarre claim that he is one of several different people that are pretending to be the president. Uh, this guy, Jason Selvig, of a comedy duo called The Good Liars, regularly goes out and interviews conservatives about politics. So he posted a video Tuesday on Twitter where he interviewed a Donald Trump supporter who shared her belief that President Biden is actually dead and that multiple actors are out here impersonating him. And that's what this woman really honestly believed. So Jim Carrey got on Twitter when he saw the video and just said, oh, dear, is what he responded. But the uh, Jason Selvig, the guy doing the interviewing, he asked this woman, so you think President Biden is not alive right now? And he asked at least two people in the video, and the lady said, no, the guy that's doing the stand-up job trying to wake up people is an actor wearing a mask. And uh, the lady continued on by saying, I mean that there are several people playing Joe Biden at this point. And then the woman mentions uh, a moment in 2021, you all remember when Biden fell three times trying to go up the stairs of airport, I mean Air Force One. She said, I think that was just Jim Carrey, that he was just being silly. So I'm like, wait a minute, you really think that Biden is dead and people are portraying him in masks? And this is a Trump supporter, okay? Uh, Another uh, person who Selvig interviewed, um, he then asked a woman to clarify that she believes that Jim Carrey was wearing a mask uh, acting as the president, and the woman emphatically nodded and said that Carrey was just being silly, falling on the stairs on the plane. And then she said she thinks that James Woods is another one of the people wearing a mask, masquerading as President Biden. So although Jim Carrey has reacted to the allegations, James Woods, who is known for being an outspoken conservative, has remained silent and doesn't want any part of making a comment about this elaborate conspiracy to cover up the so-called death of President Biden on Twitter. Now, I thought this was weird. Mm-hmm. Like, there are people out here walking amongst people who believe stuff like this. And they're not trying to be yeah. funny. They believe this stuff. One of them like, wow. So you think Uh-oh. Biden is dead and actors are wearing masks pretending to be Biden. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good job, 45, picking this crop. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Crazy. 
Uh, 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 uh. Too much for me. Who believes this stuff? Oh, boy, these conspiracy <laughs> folk are off the deep, deep, deep end. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Um, I have one here. Texas researchers find dozens of creepy dolls on Gulf Coast beaches. <laughs> okay. Um, researchers in calm a 40-mile stretch of Texas Beach twice a week have been using social media to document some eerie discoveries, dozens of creepy dolls. Jace Tunnell, director of the Mission um, Aaron's uh, Reserve at the University of Texas, um, and his team survey about 40 miles of the Gulf, uh, and they have frequently been finding dolls of various types that were given a creepy time in the war. Um, we're actually doing scientific work, but the dolls are first. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, Tunnel said the follower account uh, of the Mission Reserve Facebook page has um, skyrocketed since he started sharing photos of the disturbing dolls. Okay. He said about 30 dolls have been found since he started posting the photos. The creepiest are the ones that have lost all their hair. The first one um, we had found was um, the head of a sex doll. And oh I posted my. a picture of it and didn't realize that that's what it was. And we got a lot of followers on the page after that. Some creepy <laughs> people. Yes, they did. Uh, the first doll was found in, in 2021, January, um, was purchased by a member of the public for $35. What? And the money was donated, was donated to Sea Turtle Rescue Program. He said the dolls are now being kept in the bucket to be sold by the Reserve Annual Fundraising Auction. There's a lot of, there's a oh, lot of nightmares out there. Oh, God. A whole bucket of nightmares. They talk about a two-year study conducted by the University of Texas Marine Science Institute found beaches along the Texas coastal bend received 10 times the amount of washed-up trash as Gulf Mexican beaches in Florida and Mississippi. But where are the dogs coming from? That's the crazy part. That's just so strange. I don't understand it. Like, is there somebody... Throwing away creepy dolls, just throwing them in the water. Oh God, I just don't understand. It, okay. it is something really wrong with people. <laughs> I agree. I agree. It is. But why? Why are know. they collecting them in a bucket? Talking about they're going to sell them. Uh, they auction them off. They trying to raise some money. So it okay. is what it is. I don't know. I don't okay. get it. <laughs> too weird for me. Yeah, I agree. It is just too much. Yuppie, yuppie, yuppie. I'm a little <laughs> bit speechless. I, I just, I, I'm trying to understand, like, the person who bought the sex doll head, I'm like, wait, if you just wanted to donate money to help the, the seed life or something, you didn't need the head of the doll. You could have just donated the money. That sounds like an undercover freak. I guess you're doing something with the doll. Come on now. Freaking deep. Undercover freak. 
Okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm done. All right, Papa Didi, over to you. Can you outwear these? Well, this one's about the uh, lady. Yeah, this one's crazy. <laughs> oh, boy. A woman rescued after falling in the outhouse toilet. I didn't know those still existed. Oh, my gosh. This was up in uh, Washington State, some called Quin- Quinson, Quinsland. Washington State, a woman was accidentally dropped her cell phone into a hole of an outhouse at a national forest and fell in while trying to retrieve it. Had to be rescued by the fire department over in Washington State. Jeez. Now, <clears throat> you're, you're at the top of this mountain, okay? The Brennan Fire Department chief, his name is Tim Manley, said a woman was at the top of the, um, called Mount Walker, in the Olympic National Forest, northwest of Seattle. Okay, that's way on top of the hill some damn where. Been using her cell phone when it fell into the toilet. Now, are you you going to the bathroom or you going to using the phone? <laughs> what, the, what the hell are you doing? You you trying to you know. And when you go to the outhouse, how comfortable do you get anyway? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you're right about you're that. You're going there as a last resort and saying, Damn it, I gotta piss. I gotta go in here or I gotta take a shit. I gotta go in here, you know. But just to casually go in there and then just pop open your phone and the phone falls out of her hand, okay? Mhm. Falls and falls into the toilet. This happened Tuesday, okay? Now, this newspaper, it got, the newspaper got a hold of this, okay? The kit, the kit snapped son Ooh. reported manly, like I said, who was the department chief, said that she uh, disassembled the toilet seat and used her dog leech to try to get the, the, the phone. Now there's a dog in the picture, <laughs> okay? First, why are you using your phone to go to the bathroom? Now there's a dog. Ooh. Use a dog leech to get the phone. Eventually, use a leech. She tied herself onto one of the handles in the bathroom, reached down into the thing. Now, was able to retrieve her phone, but then she fell in head first. All right? Head whatever, first? She t- whatever she tied the phone to oh, to anchor her while she reached boy. the phone, oh my she God. got the phone. But then she went in head first. <laughs> oh, the Lord help us. Yeah, that's too much. That's some crazy stuff. Yeah. So she was alone, tried to get out for 10, 15 minutes, and she was reunited with her phone. She called 911, Manly said. Okay, responding fireman passed her blocks to stand on to reach the harness, and then they reached and pulled her out of the vault area where the toilet, you know, where the crap goes down. Then the Bannon Police Department said the woman said that she was uninjured, and they washed her down and everything to get all the, the puke and crap off her. And she said she just wanted to leave. They want, they offered her medical attention. She said, no, I just want to leave. I just want to go home. I just want to leave, you know. Yes, he was and embarrassed. The, the, guy, the guy Manley I said in his, in his 40 years of being a fire rescue person, he never seen somebody head, for, head first in the outhouse. No. Oh, Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Well, like I said, cell phone, dog. What the fuck? She had too much going on. Damn. You, you're taking a, you're going to the bathroom in the outhouse. Please, you must have something to drink. <laughs> people just, you know, some people attach to their phone. They attach to the hip. Yeah, that's true. Because that's you know? a no-no to have your your phone in the back pocket and you use the restroom. 
That's a no no. Yeah, oh my God. Oh yeah, you're asking some, to drop a phone in the toilet. Right, but sometimes people do forget that it's in the back pocket. I never put my phone in my back pocket. Yeah, some people these and some people these big old asses need to stop doing it. But <laughs> they destroy that oh, damn phone. Oh, I've seen that phone. I have seen that phone. I have seen that phone in the back pocket of some of the biggest asses I've ever seen. With a little teeny ass pocket. With a little teeny ass pocket. And that phone is squeezed, crying for dear life. It sounds like the fly. Help Help me. Help me. Oh, you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them. Tight ass jeans, big, big old ass, and a cell phone poked down there like it's uh, a fashion statement. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Oh, it's like pocket That's your people. I ain't going to talk about that. Don't talk about my people. That's your people. Oh, boy. Well, mm-hmm. where are we? All right. I guess we're going to take a, take a break, and then we're coming back with, I'm just saying, oh, my goodness, too much, too much, too much going on. It's a pajama party show. On Blog Talk this Radio. This is Papa Didi. You're listening to the Pajama Party on WPJP Blog Talk Radio. If you have something to add to the conversation, give us a call right now at 914-803-4306 and press 1 to be entered into the queue. I want to hear from the men. So call me, Papa Didi. Don't let kettle and red wine scare you. Just call and talk to me. I got your back. Number again is 914-803-4306 or go to apajamaparty.com. I got to get back before they notice I was gone. So call me now. All right, welcome back to John by Wendy Hills, Papa Didi. I'm your old Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. A bonsoir, darling. All right, it's time for I'm Just Saying. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, take over the reins there, uh, Red Wine. Okay. I'm just All right, so tonight, I'm just saying, I want to talk about this Juneteenth situation that I came across today. Um, Now, I saw a flyer for a Juneteenth event out of Little Rock, Arkansas, and the flyer said it was a soul food festival and market. But what struck me as odd was that the pictures of the host on this flyer were two white guys and a blonde chick named Heather. Now, I'm just saying, now y'all want Juneteenth too? What's going on? How are these people hosting a Juneteenth soul food festival and market? I mean, were they really serious? Now, once the word got out, the flyer got leaked on social media, and black folks lit these folks up. I mean, lit them up. And they ended up canceling the event, which I find really funny. But they never should have scheduled this in the first place. Um, apparently some logical person reminded these folks what Juneteenth was all about and how inappropriate it was 
for them to have organized it in the first place. And who calls soul food soul food? Nobody but non-black folks. I mean, we mention it sometimes, but to us, soul food is just food. We don't go through this whole designation about, oh, we're going to have soul food. You know, it's just food. So that's how you know this is some Caucasianoid bullcrap. They act like it's something exotic, like you got to travel like way across the world to get collard greens or fried chicken or something. It's just food, people. Get over it. But anyway, back to Juneteenth. Now, these people had some chefs from local restaurants, I guess in the Little Rock area, all lined up to cook some kind of something that they call soul food in honor of the day when enslaved black people found out that they had been freed from people like these two white guys and a blonde chick. I'm like, do y'all not see how stupid the whole inception of you doing this in the first place was? Apparently not, because they spent whatever they spent advertising it, getting their little stuff together, planning whatever they were going to have at this event. I don't know. But like I said, the plug has been pulled on this stupidity. So at least that's not going to happen. And they didn't even have the, the, the common sense to put somebody black on the poster. How are you going to celebrate Juneteenth and you're featuring three white people on a poster? I mean, come on. Are y'all on some, some I don't know what y'all are on, but this is just asinine from the get-go. And, you know, like I said, I mean, do they want Juneteenth to seem like everything that we do you know, as far as the culture, white people find a way to either try to take it, steal it, borrow it, do whatever they do to try to get their hands in it. Some things y'all just can't have, and you need to understand that. You know, I'm not saying that people need to be so separate, but some things are just not for you, just like some things are not for us. Yeah, we could do it, but everything ain't for everybody. I mean, that's the bottom line. You know, these these people want to take a uniquely black holiday celebration and throw some mayonnaise and unseasoned food, fake soul food, up in the mix. Man, get out of here with that crap. I'm just glad the flyer got leaked and they got exposed for this foolishness, and it serves them right. However much money they lost on it, serves them right. <laughs> and who did they plan on serving all of this alleged soul food? And who was going to clean up afterwards? Uh, you know the answer. You know exactly who was going to be there to have to clean this mess up and have to serve the people at this thing. They were just going to add more insult to injury. I mean, that defeats the whole point of Juneteenth. That shows you just how clueless these folks were. I'm just saying, something wrong with these folks. This is red wine, and I'm just saying Juneteenth is ours. So stop trying to steal it like y'all stole everything else. Mm-hmm. Now, where was this? This was in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, MG, are you serious? Yeah, and, and this is crazy. Yes, like, how are these white people having a Juneteenth celebration with a market and soul food all on the flyer? Oh, my God. 
festival and market. I'm like, what you what you know about any of this? Man, go sit your narrow self down somewhere. All right. I'm gonna let it go. But I'm putting them all that's, on the kitchen. That's almost like when um, you know, the wife was stealing the songs and everything back in the day. Yeah, and no they doubt. Put these right, what they yeah, did right. is nothing new at all. But you know, well, no, I'm gonna go right in and live for the city because yes, go for it, let's Papa just did. let's just segue on top of that there because see, what what that's all about is the fact that um, that's just what they used to doing to black people. And you ain't gonna tell me that all these inventions back in the day was discovered by white folks. <laughs> You ain't going to tell me that Thomas Edison, who allegedly discovered electricity, okay, in the New Jersey area, you're not going to tell me he didn't have at least four or five black slaves that was working in that lab with him who probably touched that red and green wire first when that little light bulb came on. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, who'd you tell? Who'd you tell about it? Nobody, boss. I just last night when I was cleaning up. I touched the red wire with the green wire, and the light came on, you know. That shit been going on for years. But what gets me, too, is that we, we can't discount that whole soul food thing that went on. What blacks was on board with that? Because, like I said, we some patronizing assholes when it comes to white people. Yeah, we will patronize their ass. We will support their ass. And we, we will sit there like employees while they walk around and, managing our ideals or our, our culture, we just ready to set up the tables and, you know, put up the flyers and all this shit that they, for, for $5 an hour, if not less. But you see the three white folks picture on the flyer mm-hmm. who show who going to get the real money when it comes time to get paid. So, like I said, we just been... We've been bamboozled for so long. But, um, yeah, they're going to take a Juneteenth ideal and and make it theirs. We are white folks in Arkansas serving soul food on Juneteenth. Sick. Damn. (laughs) Where did you get that idea from? They only know where the word came from, the date it actually is, or why they call it Juneteenth, you know? Sick, I'm telling you. That's some sick stuff. Yeah, well, like like you said, Kettle, just like they did with the music back in the day, put white folks on album covers, and the way uh, the Rolling Rolling Stones stole that song, uh, "Dancing in the Street," you know, by uh, Martha and the Vandellas, when they should have made a fortune on that song. Everybody stole that song, "Dancing in the Street." Man, I, I can't even imagine how many people Elvis Presley, all the songs he stole, he stole. People don't even know that. The writers of that song uh, by David Bowie, Let's Dance, mm-hmm. you know, that's your boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's Niles Rogers, right, from, from mm-hmm. Sheik. They put that together. Mm-hmm. It ain't nothing to do with David Bowie. He just sang the song, but that was Niles Rogers that, that, that did the melody on that. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. Classic, classic, classic. But they caught up with them white folks, and they... Shut them down. So thank God for small favors. Caucasian thievery. Yeah, Caucasian thievery. Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, yeah, they'll take anything blacks put out there. Dancing, 
hats, music, shoes. Oh, don't forget hairstyles. Hairstyles, you name it. Bo Derek, remember she wore them braids and called her a 10. Oh, yeah. She went to fucking, what do you call that place? Uh, she went to Barbados or the Bahamas, got a hair braid, and came back, she was a 10. Yeah. Oh, she's a 10. Anyway, let me see that alone. Ooh, thievery. Look, look, don't forget anyway. Madonna. She, she stole the Vogue thing. She did start that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Donna, Donna was chasing that, that that Black Johnson for a minute. Soon she got Sean Penn. Well, Sean Penn was in the system for a while. Then, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not touching it. What we got next? <laughs> oh, we got the Hollywood wrap up up next. Y'all always stop me from talking. No, we're not stopping you. Okay. Did you want to add something? No, else? I'm done. I'm done. Hey, the floor is yours. Yeah, act like I'm the, the, what you want the to say? devil's advocate. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then we're down to You going to take a CC? Are you going to go right into Hollywood? or? Uh, I'll take a little CC. Okay. Yeah, I'll take a little CC. All right. We'll do that. And on the other side of the break is Kettle and the Hollywood wrap-up on the Pajama You're Party. You're in the right place at the right time. It's the Pajama Party www.apajamaparty.com Produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment Don't just sit there yelling at the air You've got an opinion? We want to hear it too Dial 914-803-4306 That's 914-803-4306 Don't let us have all the fun by ourselves We've got room for you at the Pajama Party And remember... It's PJs only. No clothes allowed. Operators are standing by. Well, they're lounging on pillows, but they're waiting for your calls. So call us now. 914-803-4306. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Oh, you want to throw pillows? Hi, right, welcome back to John Point. When you hook up with I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Oh. Uh, you ready to go out to uh, California, Kettle? Some nice rock and roll. Bye, 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 Hollywood. Yeah, take us over to uh, LAX down okay. Hollywood Boulevard. All right. Okay. Well, buckle up. And we're ready to rock and roll. Katie Holmes is back in the news. She has a new bow, Bobby Wooten III. They take a romantic stroll in New York City. Uh, uh, the uh, Coda actor was spotted holding hands with Broadway musician Bobby Wooten III during a romantic walk through New York City. Um, they grabbed coffee, walking the dogs, checking out a few museums and things like that. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he's a, a Grammy-nominated composer and bass guitar. He just recently wrapped up his performance in American Utopia on Broadway. All right. Yeah, so. uh, he, he, he's a brother, isn't he? Yes, he is. Fine, brother, at that. So you know how to pick him. <laughs> okay. I ain't, I ain't mad at him. 
Yeah. Well, she left Tom. Back. Hey, she left Tom Cruise alone. She said, "Bump in. I'm going oh, no, to." Uh, been, been with Jamie yeah, Foxx. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Jamie Foxx and him. Jamie Foxx and hey, she, she, she moving on. Hey, she said, ain't got no cut card. This is what I like. Hey. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I can imagine what uh, Tom Cruise is saying, but hey, he's his own. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dolly Parton is back in the news. Dolly Parton now says that she'll accept her induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame um, if she's okay. voted in after having previously stated that she wanted to bow out of the consideration. I'm like, okay, Dolly, make up your mind. <laughs> okay. I, I guess I don't know if she didn't feel worthy or if she didn't feel as if, I don't know, her music is rock and roll, but. Um, I guess the Rock and Roll, you know, Hall of Fame is a, is a broad category. So um, she said yeah, she it's wants a it lot back. Of people, so. It's a lot of artists that are in the Hall of Fame for Rock and Roll that right. are not technically Rock and right. Roll artists. That's true. So she said, okay. I guess instead of racing, she's talking to some folks. They said, shit, why not? Um, also in the news is Ella DeGeneres. She has taped her final show. Announces last episode air date. So I guess he's uh, on this past, uh, this Friday, she was talking about um, her, you know, when she started and everything. And, you know, just reminiscing. She started back in 2003. I'm like, wow. That's a long time. That's a long time. So Mm -hmm. it's about time. It's about time. She said, when we started the show in 2003, the iPhone didn't exist. Social media didn't exist. Gay marriage wasn't legal. And we watched the world change sometimes for the better, sometimes not. That's what she posted on Instagram. Hey. Okay. So, hey. Bittersweet moment, though. So. Um, guys know the Met Gala is coming up. Um, it's coming up on May the 2nd in New York City. That's the big gala in New York City where everybody act like a total fool as far as the fashion. The fashion is off the chain. And it's called the um, In America Anthology of Fashion. That's the theme for this year. Um, And who's supposed to be hosting? Um, Regina King, Blake Lively, um, Ryan Reynolds. And Lynn Melwiger, Miranda. They're going to be some of the hosts um, of the uh, Met Gala. Uh, Regina King finally coming out of her shell. I mean, I hate okay. to hear what happened. You know, her son passed away, but, uh, you know, right. um, tragically. But uh, everybody knows about the Met Gala. Um, yeah, I'm trying also, to get my outfit together so I can attend. Oh, excuse me. Okay. You don't know what your outfit's going to look like? <laughs> no, I've got to get with a designer and get that done quickly. Oh, okay. All right. You better get on board then. Um, also, speaking of the Met Gala, um, and uh, uh, Mr. Talley, Andre Talley, he is truly going to be missed. Um, he passed away um, this past January. And his uh, funeral arrangements were um, actually this week. Um, so um, his longtime friend, Anna Wintour, that's the uh, woman that um, created, I guess, the Met Gala. Or, um, she's the big wig of, of that particular gala. 
she was at his funeral. She spoke. Um, they had quite a few people speaking as well. Uh, Mark Jacobs and um, uh, uh, Campbell, uh, the uh, model. Um, oh, she spoke Naomi. as well. Naomi yeah. Campbell, she spoke as well, yeah. Uh, so Anna, she talked about their friendship. And, uh, you know, it seemed like they were very close. She talked about an incident where he um, went across the um, Atlantic Ocean to, to um, her mom had died and, you know, she was, he was there for her. So um, just, just reminisced about, you know, their friendship and everything. So Okay. Um, he, will truly, he will truly be missed. Hopefully they're going to honor, I guess they're going to honor him um, at that particular Met Gala as well. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, um, Anna's the uh, editor uh, of, uh, I forgot the magazine. Vogue. Is it Vogue? Vogue. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, also, Cisco takes his talent to American Song Contest. Go ahead, boy. He's representing ah. um, the state of Maryland. That particular contest, um, you know, has uh, uh, one contestant from each state. Um, that performs the song song singer performed on Monday night episode presenting his home state of Maryland. Drew Hill frontman saying it's up, um, a new song he wrote, like by dancers okay. and whole, you know, so they, he, he got it in. So um, I have to check it out because I, I have been watching this show. Um, it's hosted by Snoop Dogg and um, Kelly Clark. So, um, okay. they're interesting. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen it, but I know of it. It's pretty good. It's their interesting pair um, because you know they people vote and you know who you know they go by who's from first, second, and third. So you could get knocked down, but uh, yeah, I said Cisco. Go ahead, man. I haven't seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also, true. Also, uh, yeah, also Jada Pickett. She's back at the red table. Red Table Talk made his official return on Wednesday with special guest Janelle Monet. Uh Prior to the start of the episode, a message alluded to the incident involving Will Smith and Chris Rock. Um, it, it, it goes on. I'll just briefly talk about it. Considering all that has happened in the last few weeks, the Smith family has been focusing on deep healing. Some of the discoveries around our healing will be shared at the table when the time calls. Okay. Should be interesting to see. Um, Will sitting back at the red table? That's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't have any comment on that (laughs) because it's sometimes I think, you know, people just get into things and it's just about money. And uh, money and ratings and how far is it, can they go? But, you know, teach his own. That's how they make their money. I'm not knocking yeah. nobody. Um, and last but not least, Ray J, he slams Kim Kardashian's claim that Kanye retrieved uh, his drive with the sex tape. Um, there was an episode on the um, Keeping Up with the Kardashians um, that Kanye West, said he talked to Ray J, met him at an airport. Ray J gave him a suitcase full of tapes and a computer, and he brings it back to Kim Kardashian, and she's sobbing. 
she's so grateful that he brought these tapes back to her. Ray J said, BS. He, he said, that's bull. None <laughs> of that happened. So they need to stop fabricating shit and, you know, just for their show. He said, BS. No, it didn't happen. So um, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to follow this as well. And that's my Hollywood wrap-up. All righty. You know what? Speaking of Bull on her show, I saw an interview, because I don't follow her and don't even deal with her, but I did mm-hmm. see an interview where she was, uh, I think it was a clip from their show, her show, mm-hmm. and she was mm-hmm. saying that the the brother that she married when she was about 19, 18 or 19, mm-hmm. she mm-hmm. said that she was on ecstasy at the time when they got married, so she really didn't know you know, what she was doing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then Mm -hmm. they had the brother on there who said, that's a bunch of bull. He said, Mm -hmm. what we were dealing with at that point in time was just young love. They were Mm -hmm. both into each other. They got married. Mm -hmm. There was no ecstasy involved. And, you know, Mm -hmm. eventually when the love slash infatuation wore off, you know, they went their separate ways. But for mm-hmm. her to now say, oh, yeah, that was because I was on ecstasy that time, he felt really insulted by that. Mm. I guess she said what love got to do with it about the ecstasy. But for him, I guess it was yeah. a different place, you know. Yeah, it was something crazy. I don't even remember the brother's name, but it was whoever the first person was that she married. Mm-hmm. That's who it was. Right. I think a lot of times they embellish things. Um, you know, and and it hurts other people, as we see. You know, so exactly. you be careful what you because say you know. Here. The one thing I will say about it is that you know, I, and I'm not even gonna go there. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what we're here for. What's your point? I think sometimes, a lot of times. Ladies can have a tendency to think that men don't have no feelings, and they could say what they want to say in the heart. They think the hardness of the man is just going to bounce off his wooden skin. And he may not show it at that time or whatever, but stuff you do to people affects people. You know, whether it be baby mama drama or all kinds of things that happens, it seems like some people, and I'm not picking on the ladies, but some people just always want to come out smelling like a rose. Mm. When roses smell like shit when they die, you know what I mean? You could say you want to smell like a rose, but, man, you ever, you ever go in a room that, where there was a, a dozen roses and them joints and died? That's a funky smell, right? Oh, yeah. But all I'm saying, just to make a long story short, be honest. You know, don't throw somebody else under the bus because you feel like they're not famous and they're not in the limelight. Mm-hmm. But they're still living. They can get a good lawyer and sue your ass, just like they're in court now. Uh, Johnny Depp is in court here, here oh, yeah. in the in the Virginia area over you know a detriment of character situation and uh, and uh, you know it's just all I'm saying with people is that please think of your feelings as just as strong as anybody else's. It's got nothing to do with people, gender, relationships. Just make sure your feelings, you can you be concerned just as much about your feelings as you are with somebody else's feelings because feelings hurt. It doesn't matter who's attached to them. They hurt. They hurt in different ways. Men try to handle a little more macho, but deep down inside, 
you could say some shit to hurt people. Anyway, I'll leave that alone. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. I think sometimes people do act like, well, if you say something to a guy, it's okay. You can say whatever because he's a guy. He'll yeah, be all he's right. a guy. I keyed his car. He'll be all right. Well, I keyed his car. Well, she, I was girl, only he speaking of words. I bust his windshield, girl. She. Well, that's bye, 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 but I'm talking about like, words. You know, no, but I'm just saying that nothing happens because of the actions. Nothing happened because of the actions. Now I got to go to a, a body and fender shop and get the damn key fixed or get the, the, the rip on the side of the car repaired. I don't say nothing to her because it was all in the name of a relationship or a bad friendship or whatever. But you didn't have to prove to your girl how tough you were by keying my fucking black Lexus that cost me, you know, 1800 to get week. that scrape. Yeah, yeah okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't, yeah, don't bust the headlights, saying. bust the windshield, and walk away in the name of a mad woman. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. You fucked up my car. You know what I mean? Oh, just because I was kissing a girl in the club. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is that about? And okay. if we mess up her car, we going to jail. If the cop don't shoot us as a black man. Anyway, let me leave that alone. Okay. Let me leave that alone. I'm Woo. getting too black up in here. What happened last week? Black man. Okay. Don't stand a chance. Yeah, let me get out of black man syndrome and get okay. back to Papa D. Well, it's here. time. It's time for the kiss it list. Kiss it list. So you can put all of them on the kiss yeah, list. Yeah, all all the ladies that don't give a shit about a man's feelings, your ass on the kiss. Wait, list. you got to tell people what the kiss it list I is. I just so. told them anyway. You know, if anybody <laughs> showed their ass over the last week or so. Um, I see your girl still in the news. That Marjorie Green. Oh yeah. She's always doing some shit with her bleach blonde ass hair. He's a loose cannon. Yeah. Um, don't forget 45. I think I saw today that he now is up to about $40,000 that he owes because of whatever's going on with the, with the state's attorney in New York. And, you know, he hasn't something he was supposed to do and didn't do. I don't know if it was to show up in a court but whatever it is, it's costing him $10,000 a day. And now it's been at least four days. So, you know, it's adding up. Now, we'll see whether or not he has to actually pay it. But uh, I want to also add on the kiss it list those three white people and whoever else was involved, black, white, or other, who put together that Juneteenth celebration. With these white people on the flyer, y'all are tripping. So everybody affiliated with that event, you're on the kiss it list. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have? Uh, Governor Ron DeSantis still dealing with that whole thing with Disney. And, you know, what he's trying to do with the legislation. You know, now they're talking about the people surrounding Disney in like two different counties may end up having to absorb over a million dollars in some kind of tax bill. I don't know how that's all going to play out. Of course, DeSantis is saying, no, that's not true. I, I don't know who's telling the truth, but I just feel like it was Governor DeSantis that started all this crap. So he's on the kiss at this. The Baltimore mayor. Oh yeah, Baltimore mayor oh. for lying to his constituents. What'd you say, Papa Diddy? Lady fell head first in the in the uh, 
outhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Put her down behind on the kitchen list. Uh, 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 uh. Took her phone and a dog in a, in a Johnny mm. I, I don't get it. Uh, oh, also, the, the Trump follower who believes in these conspiracy theories that President Biden is actually deceased and people are wearing masks, walking around to look like him. I mean, that, to me, that's taking conspiracy theories to a whole nother place. But all of those people that believe that, they're on the kissing list. Okay. And and wherever those creepy dolls are coming from that are washing up on the uh, Gulf Coast, these creepy <laughs> dolls that keep washing up. What kind of dolls? They're just dolls, like doll babies. But, you know, they come washing up on the shore, so they look real crazy. By the time they pull them out of the water, they've been in the water for a while. Some you of think them. Marjorie Green has something to do with that? <laughs> Papa Didi said, You think Marjorie Taylor Green has something to do with that? <laughs> he might. He might. I don't know. Mm. Uh, is there anybody else for this week? Add to the kiss it list? Nope, uh, that's it. I think we got them all. Oh, Lindsey Graham. Don't forget about him. Lindsey Graham and um, Speaker of the House, what's his face? The California Raisin Man, I always call him. Put him on the kiss it list. Um, all right, we got a special gift for everybody on this week's kiss it list, and here it is. Coming right up. Eventually. Can we get the kiss it list, please? Okay, we got a six-minute delay. Kiss my in Kiss my ass. You can just kiss my ass. Baby, you can just kiss my ass. Well, you can't kiss my country ass. I said if you got a problem, then you're You can't kiss my natural born redneck to the bone. All right, welcome back to the John Pointy One Hills Papa D. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. All right, we're down to the last word. Uh, let's see who's up. Papa D, you going? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, just reiterate what I said earlier. You know, we we got to stop passing judgment to people based on who you think they are, their financial status, their just who they are as people. You know, treat everybody equal, because everything you do come back to you. I mean, unless somebody dog the hell out of you, I don't, I don't expect you to give them no respect or love. But people that are just in your everyday life and all, it, you know, if they ain't bothering you, you know, don't mess with them. I mean, if they're bothering you, then you can kick them down to where they need to be. But just because somebody don't have a big voice or don't stand as tall as you, don't pick with them. You know, just. 
being having a big voice and standing tall doesn't mean you rate the most attention anyway in life. So just be cool to people. Anyway. Okay. Well, my last word is for people that are trying to, I'll just say, steal things that don't belong to you, whether it be culture, information, habits, whatever it is, stop doing that. Just stop. That whole Juneteenth thing, you know, that's just another example of it. Y'all need to, y'all being white folks, y'all need to stop that stuff. Stay in your lane. You know, we can all have celebrations together, but it's not for you to go plan a celebration that is for black people to celebrate their freedom. How how twisted is that? I'm, I'm just saying. So let's let's just stop the stop the foolishness. That's my last word. What's your last word, Kettle? Um, my last word is nine says we need to rethink. It's thirty three, eighty eight, whatever billion it is. And, you know, try to stay close to home and put our money here. Um, Congress, you know, I I just think they shouldn't pass this this money. Um, Uh, Hardly. Let's just do something different with that money, you know, because we give them $33 billion, are we getting any of that back? Hell to the no. No, no. Y'all just just going into the basement and just making money? (laughs) That's the case. Yeah, that's a good question. Put the money right, right here in the DMV, United States of America. You know, a lot of people are hurting, so we need to just rethink yeah. this. And um, I don't think they should pass this bill. So that's my last word. Stay yeah, fast. you're right, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Inflation is mm-hmm. the highest it's been, and I don't know how yeah. long. And we can't even get a bill you know, The stock market has crashed all over the place. People are losing money. Inflation's going up. Prices are going apart. up. The infrastructure is mm-hmm. falling apart. And we're going to send all this money over to a group of people that are fighting a losing battle? Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. The Russians are already bombing mm-hmm. the hell out of the ass. Yeah, it's like, yeah, y'all might want to think that one through. But all right, we're going to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Um, Happy Heavenly Birthday to a special brother, Les Butler. I know you're looking down on it. Happy Heavenly Mm. Birthday to you today. And uh, I guess that's about it. We're going to wrap it up and get out of here a few minutes early. So uh, y'all be cool and... uh, Let's see. We'll check you out next week. Thanks for riding with us, and uh, it's been fun. What can I say? Uh, We're going to get on out of here, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of cheers. Well, when you, I say when you got to go, you got to go. Well, good night. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show and good night. Party cool, people will see you. No clothes allowed.
Yeah.